You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, August 10th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Staff Writer over at Just Baseball, great website, or maybe if pop culture entertainment by any chance is kind of down your lane. Well, I've got plenty of stuff in those areas too, at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Play Disgusting, Film Credit, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year's Locked Out Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or even my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show and whatnot. Lately, I've been deciding if you go and send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app, and if you put a little question in the review section, it is guaranteed to be read on the show. Because I like bribing people for my five-star reviews, guys. That's how, I, that's how you get ahead of this world. Let me tell you. You got to kick its butt sometimes. That's what you got to do. You got to do bribery. It works. Believe me. Anyway, uh, today's episode, guys, is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And for today's episode, we are talking about last night's very satisfying, you know, all-encompassing victory on every side of the ball. It was just lovely, ladies and gentlemen. It was lovely. It was lovely. You love to see it. And then we're going to be talking with Ulysses Sombrano of the Locked On Rays podcast, who's never been on the podcast before, to talk about Blake Snell and kind of his down year and all sorts of things. It's actually a two-part conversation. And in the second part, we talk about basically like the Rays in general and whether or not their style is good for baseball, what that's like. And I honestly thought it was just a great conversation, even if it's not entirely Padres related. Don't worry, though. We talk about our boy Manny Margo, former Padre. We talk about the Cronenworth trade, everything. So that's a lot of fun to look forward to. But before all that, I just want to quickly kind of follow up on the incident at, 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 and for, with the Rockies yesterday and Dinger, uh, the mascot, the purple dinosaur guy, uh, and just talk about how I, I basically kind of made a little bit of a jump to conclusion on, what was it, Monday's episode. So it was Sunday night when I recorded it, saying that, you know, that this is bad and that person should probably be banned and all this stuff. And it turns out that that wasn't the case. It was not a racial slur that was used according to the Rockies. Um, so I do take that back and I do want to apologize in some way for that because I know some friends of mine uh, were getting attacked online for really weird reasons. And, and there's two things that I want to say before this though. First of all, I am relieved that that isn't what was said. This is great stuff. But this felt like a moment when a lot of people, now I'm just going to get into my mini political tangent, which is it felt like a lot of people are acting like because what we heard, if you heard that out of context, the video, it sounds like the N-word. It, it just does, or at least at, it at the minimum does not um, conclusively not sound like the N-word. So rightfully, people were upset, and they were like, what is this? It wasn't like people took some random tweet from an unverified source, someone on Twitter, someone who was just at a Rockies game and said, oh, this is what I heard, and then they just ran with it. In fairness, there was a literal video, so I, I do think that that was a little bit too much. So I do stand by my, also, I want to say, I do stand by still my point that I said yesterday, which is that oftentimes um, 
the, the sport of baseball isn't kind to minority groups and whatnot. It doesn't often love them back. Uh, and baseball has a lot of race problems for sure. Uh, but I'm very glad this was corrected because those are more systemic, uh, like ultimate, you know, kind of, like I said, all encompassing sort of problems. There's a lot of aspects to those things versus thankfully what was just an isolated incident. You know what I mean? It's, it's good to make sure that you don't get those wrong. That distracts from the really giant problem that the sport sometimes has and what we have as a society at large. But yeah, I do want to say, like, just stop attacking people who thought what sounded like that word. It's not if your first instinct after hearing that video and the audio is, oh, yeah, let me check the name of the mascot. That's just a little bit weird to me. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole too much, but that was just a little bit weird for me. Uh, And also for people that still haven't, like, kind of apologized and been like, all right, this is. All right, it's great that this was corrected and whatnot. You know, there's a couple of people out there. I know Marcus Stroman has been getting a lot of stuff online, a uh, pitcher for the New York Mets, who I, who I actually like, but I understand why he turns some people off a bunch. He, he definitely steps his foot in it a little bit sometimes. But, um, you know, people like that definitely need to apologize because this could ruin someone's, you know, livelihood. You know what I mean? You don't want to be accused of this. No one wants to, who's a not a awful thinking person wants to be accused of this. So glad that that was cleared up, but I do want to emphasize a lot of little layers to this and just... Honestly, this is me now speak again, very opinionatedly. Um, I'm glad that the Rockies cleared it up, but even they themselves put out a statement that was saying that they heard it too. So that says a lot, and that's why the media kind of took their, uh, you know, took their cues from them. Um, but in an effort to kind of not prolong this any more than it has to be, which is great. I just feel like I had to get that out of the way just in case. Like literally some friends of mine are just getting angry rant texts and and Twitter things uh, launched against them. Uh, my friend Arablate of Lockdown Marlins uh, uh, definitely had that go his way yesterday. But let's talk about the Padres game, guys. So that was a great, a nice, better ending to the story, I think, yesterday, which was really great. Um, so yesterday's game, guys, let's talk about it. The Padres win 8-3 to over the Miami Marlins starting pitcher in this game. Let's talk about him first, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Joe Musgrove, who has been the most consistent pitcher for the Padres this year. Basically, bar none, I think that for the first, like, half of the season, it was definitely you, Darvish, you know what I mean? Because Musgrove could get tagged for a couple runs every now and then off some big hits, especially, like, in games against San Francisco, games against Cincinnati, you know what I mean? But he's been awesome lately. He goes six innings, only gives up one run on five hits, walking one, striking out eight Awesome, awesome stuff. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the slider was working. And what's so fun about talking about Joe Musgrove is what what I thought was so interesting about the trade in the offseason and why I was so tempted to say he was going to be the second best starting pitcher for the team is my bold prediction, actually. Uh, and I'm not just saying that to make myself look smart. But it was interesting how many teams had been interested in Joe Musgrove. Uh, you heard his name at the trade deadline last year. You heard his name basically throughout how he might get moved, and everyone's kind of wondering themselves, why Joe Musgrove? Like, he's okay. Not a bad starter, but why are so many teams interested in him? Well, I guess we're seeing now, and Preller completely fleeced. Uh, I don't want to say fleeced because you never know what the return for the Pirates are going to be, but, you know, he got him for kind of bought him on the low. And what I love about him is that a lot of the reason people were excited because the uptick in curveball usage um, from year to year had shown um, and netted some really positive results. But this year, it's not just the curveball, which is probably his best pitch, but the one that he uses the most is the slider. And yesterday, he generated 14 whiffs on the slider. They were just not hitting it. And I know I, I said this about Blake Snell, basically, and I kind of alluded to this with you, Darvish. I know that 
it's against bad teams, but even still, 14 whiffs is still impressive. And I, I still think that Musgrove, you know, it's his fourth consecutive quality start. And I don't just mean that in terms of the literal uh, technical term of it, in the sense that, you know, six innings, three runs or less. But he's just been very good lately. He's had really good looking starts, I would say. You know, starting from July 23rd against the Marlins, six innings, only two runs. Colorado, seven innings, no runs, struck at 11, uh, which was nice. Granted, Colorado, I know. And then Oakland, probably his most impressive start of the bunch. Uh, uh, six innings, only giving up two hits, one run, but only two hits, striking out five. Uh, did walk through in that game, but nonetheless. Uh, and then last night's game against Miami, really great. Lowered his ERA to 2.81 on the year and keeps his whip below one, uh, 0.97. He's been awesome this year and has been a real diamond in the rough, uh, you know, needle of the haystack, whatever kind of uh, terminology you want to use. And he's been great. So I love Joe Musgrove. He rocks, and I hope that he keeps it up. And I hope that the pitching keeps it up. I hope that we are in a situation where we just had Darvish look awesome. We just had the Snellzilla appear yesterday. If you guys heard yesterday's podcast, the Snellzilla roared. It roared with fury, Mr. Snellzilla. And then you have today uh, Joe Musgrove. It's kind of what we've been expecting all seasons. Those three to back-to-back-to-back deliver you great performances. So hopefully they can keep it up. And also in this game, that isn't all. I haven't even talked about the offense all that much yet. Uh, It was a nice offensive game for a bunch of different players. Eric Hosmer hits a home run to this game. And by the way, in the bottom of the second, he crushed it. Absolutely crushed it to deep right. It was awesome to see. Uh, Manny Machado gets a single that allows Tommy Pham to score, which makes the score 2-1 at one point. Victor Caratini, who... I know that he's he's not the best bat in the world. Don't get me wrong, guys. Victor Caratini is not the best bat in the world, but he's definitely not terrible. I mean, 227, 319, 332 on the year. The slugging, I wish the slugging was a little bit more. Uh, and he definitely, I know Aram Layton also, who I just talked about earlier, uh, made a joke about how he looks like he rakes based on his swig and stuff, but he actually doesn't, uh, which is true. I wish he could get his walk rate up, his on-base percentage numbers a little bit up because they have been higher than this before. Just as recently as last year when it was 333 or the year before at 348 and he had a 266 average. So I wish his numbers could be a little bit better for sure when it came to the hitting department. But bottom line is if you have off Sandola too, the combination of them both offsets that. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter as long as they have two pretty decent catchers in Nola and Caratini. Um, and also in this game, that's not all. Not only did Victor Caratini get a hit, but Joe Musgrove had a very entertaining fake bunt and then slaps the ball to, to right field. It's, it, I actually thought he had a home run for half a second. And then I thought he had a single and then it turns out it was a pop fly but even still it allowed Trent Grisham to tag up and score um and then you had I guess a little bit of drama towards the top of the eighth in which Emilio Pagan who his home run fly ball rate I actually have been talking about how he can be susceptible to the home run it's actually about average this year it was a little bit higher last year and the year before with the Tampa Bay Rays um it's about like 10 percent right now which is which is kind of average for him I guess you could say uh but he gives up a big home run to Lewis Brinson uh to deep left allowing Izan Diaz to score two making it 4-3 which made everybody a little bit nervous you know how we all feel about the shark he makes you nervous even if he's effective he does make you nervous um and lewis brinson of ironically is the one that was part of this whole dinger uh mascot controversy and n-word stuff so it's it's kind of uh baseball um but then it doesn't matter because then the bottom of the eighth hosmer gets a hit allowing man to score grisham hits rips a triple by the way allowing hosmer and will myers to score and then why not caratini gets it on the action with a sacrifice fly so it was just a really good all-around game for everybody adam frazier gets a hit in the game too Nice to see him kind of picking up lately. 322 average now with with the with the Padres because of this four game stretch where he's been awesome. I know the uh, the Dodgers fans. Uh, I, I'm not going to name them by name. Uh, like to bring up that he was what was it like seven of what was it like four of 27 or whatever to start. And I'm like, all right, cool, dude. And Cody Bellinger's been awful like all season. Like, what are we doing here? Like, give Adam Frazier a second. Give the man a second. 
and uh, hopefully he, you know, is a nice impact player for the Padres that can just give them hits and give them on base percentage, I guess, is all you can kind of hope for from Adam Frazier. And it was a nice hit, actually, at the beginning of the game uh, when he did get it when, uh, you know, Don and Mudd basically commented, like, that's just good hitting, the way he waited on the ball to slap it towards the left side of the infield, which is really nice. So Adam Frazier... Hope you're a beast. You look like Adam Scott, but nonetheless, I'm still rooting for you. And that about does it, basically, for today's uh, recap of the games, guys. But before we continue on with the old podcast, guys, I need to talk to you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for not just baseball. But all of your sporting needs, including the NBA, NHL, or UFC, mixed martial arts sort of action. So before the next pitch, guys, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code LOCKEDONGUYS. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now one more message, guys, and we're talking to the good guy, Mr. Ulysses Sombrano. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, I'm being joined by, for the first time ever, and it's rare that I haven't had a Locked On host from the MLB Network on the show. Usually, if they haven't been on the show, it's because there's someone new, someone who took over a pre-existing host position, say, you know, Brewers. I know I've had the Brewers guy before. Shout out my guy, Jake Bastriotti. Or, you know, Red Sox and Detroit. And recently, we just got new Seattle Mariners host. Everybody go check that out. Uh, I'm being joined by Mr. Ulysses Zambrano. Yes. How you doing, <laughs> Howie? Thank you for having Rays me. Podcast, sir. I am so excited to do this, man. Oh, me too, man. I, you know, we've done the green rooms a couple times, a few times actually, but mm-hmm. it's actually nice to be invited into your space that you call Locked On Padres, where honestly, uh, a, a lot of race fans call it uh, the pod race because uh, <laughs> we've got so many, yeah. you know, connections, mutual connections. Uh, I think it obviously starts with uh, Will Myers, and then it goes all mm-hmm. the way to the Crone Zone, I guess. Yeah, it goes all the way. That's what I can't wait to talk about. And look, I'm going to be honest with you, like full disclosure, both <laughs> you and Kevin Weiss, your co-host over at Lockdown Rays. Look, have mm-hmm. I been hiding from finally just having the discussion about Blake Snell? Have I been hiding right. from it? Yes, because I wanted to wait. I was holding out hope. I was like, look, it's been bad. But it's okay. He's gonna figure it out. Yeah. And fast forward two months, three months, however long we're into the season, like four or five months now, and that has not happened, my friend. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. No. But like, you know, what was I guess? Because I asked, I actually didn't ask Kevin's reaction when it happened because we talked before. We were talking like when the rumors started. Um, what oh, was wow. your reaction originally to when the Blake Snell trade happened? Um, it, it, it was two things. Number one, as a fan, I was angry at the, at the, at the ownership. Mm-hmm. Like you can't keep your stars. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't pay a guy that just threw the game of his life in world series game six. You can't pay him 12 mil. Like that's, that's how poor you are. So that, that was the anger of, of, of the ownership as a race fan. Like, come on, you got to give us a little bit of something. But then it was kind of thrilling the other side of I know the race front office pretty well. And when they give up somebody and a big name, sometimes it doesn't even have to be a big name. 
but when they do a mega trade like that, they've done their homework. And mm-hmm. it's 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 very rare that when they pull off a mega trade like this, where a a guy, if you all of the race front office guys are ex Wall Street guys. So mm-hmm. they know that when they have an asset, like a player, of course, they try to maximize that that value and sell it at its highest point. That was Blake Snell's highest point. Maybe, maybe AL Cy Young after the 2018 season could have been better, but you still needed to, you know, come on. You, you can't just pull off the trigger after two years. So the game six was a, a very high peak in Snell's career. And they said, you know what? This is when we, this is his value at his most. Let's get it back. No other team could get through the top three uh, farm system in the Padres. AJ Preller said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It was the race that got to uh, crack that top three with Patino. And so in, in the beginning, two things, anger at the ownership and thrill, the thrill of knowing the front office rarely misses. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, and, don't get wrong, and we can relitigate that, too. We have plenty of time where we can talk about some trades that arguably didn't go that not even arguably some of them just straight up did not. But like it's I think the interesting part about the whole Blake Snell thing is when it comes to the Rays, I, I do complain sometimes about teams that, that don't have like, they're just cheap, right? Everyone does. And it's right. a, a fair complaint even for the Rays, but the difference is that the Rays, like you said, it, they do at least there at least is a belief that they're actually thinking something. There are other teams in the league, like your Cleveland's like your Oakland athletics, where, have we ever really seen it work for them on that level? The Cleveland Indians literally, and I've been saying this all year, the Indians, which is why I've been propelling a fake rumor, by the way, lately that they're going to trade oh, Shane yeah. Bieber. Completely fake. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to make it a thing where I've been saying they literally went to the world series. And like, what was the last time you remember them even trying to like go and get a guy? What, like getting Eddie Rosario. I mean, he's Puerto Rican. I, I got love for the guy, but like, right. They just have sold and sold and sold. The Rays, it's a little bit of a mixture, at least. They get your Nelson Cruz. They, I mean, the Chris Archer trade is now just just an iconic, iconic trade. It's like the best trade yeah. of the decade, probably even yeah. more. Uh, it's just it's just incredible, even at the moment. You know what I mean? This trade, however, wasn't as obvious. And I know that some people rip on me a little bit because I was excited about the Snell trade. And I said, I miss, I'm going to miss Patino. I thought that the overreaction to his starts and with the Padres was, was silly. He literally faced the Dodgers to start off. I was like, I don't care if he gave up a home run to Cody Bellinger. A lot of people right. have Max Muncy, mm-hmm. all these guys, 22 year old kid. Like it's yeah. fine. Or might even been younger than that at the time. I don't even, time doesn't yeah. exist anymore. I think he was, I think he was 21. You're right. Yeah. yeah. He was younger. Um, yeah. And so my thing was like, all right, they're giving up Patino. It's clearly not a highway robbery. That's And I did say that. Everybody pull up the tapes if you want to. I said, I think this is a really fun move. I like that they also got Darvish and Musgrove. And hopefully Snell can be even better and didn't peak. I do take gripe with some people who are like, we should have known, man. And here's why I say that. There's a difference between saying, I think Snell's actually just an average pitcher. He's not a Cy Young guy versus like, he's actually going to be the worst starter in baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. that always drives me insane. I make the analogy a lot in the NBA, the Celtics fans like to say they knew that Markel Fultz would forget how to shoot once he entered right. the league. No, they didn't. They just said, hmm, I like our value here. We like this guy who's number three and Jason Tatum. Let's try and get a little bit more out of that since we like him. 
no offense to Mark Elfels. We just like this guy a little bit better. That's probably what the Rays said. They said, let's all, let's get a really bright young prospect that we like and potentially sell high on Blake Snell, who we think is going to be more of a, a top 35 starter. They didn't know he was going to be like ranked 80 or something like that. Yeah, like I, 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 the, twi- the plot twist here is pretty, it's is, is pretty gnarly. Yeah. And, and, and so <laughs> like no, nobody could have seen this coming. Look, and I, we're not even talking about what's, I think what's actually happening is it's all mental. It's all human. It's not mm. it's, it's not like a, a mechanic thing with with Blake. Like people, I know that um, the athletic. I think three days ago they were talking about um, how Larry Rothschild is telling Blake yeah. to not nibble. Yeah, that was also his issue. Even mm. in his Cy Young, like we we we've known that this is how Blake operates. So I honestly think it's just a, a, a mental thing. Like I was traded. Oh my God, I'm in, I'm in the whole nother coast. Like, you know, my friends from 10 years ago, like, I think it's more of that that's happening to Blake, which is understandable. It sucks because he is the guy that you're supposed to lean on for being a number two. I don't, I don't think he came to be number Heck. three. I mean, like even <laughs> if number, number three, three might not even be a five. It's, it's been that bad. Yeah. No. So I, honestly, if you look at it, I think with the Padres perspective here, it, the best thing about it is that he wasn't looked to be a savior because mm-hmm. of course it was Musgrove and Darvish having said that, and you've got Lamette obviously, but it, it sucks because he was supposed to be top two. He is yeah, a former yeah. side young winner. So that, that part of the equation of course sucks. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure all of that, guys? Guess what? You don't have to. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, guys. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership like their Honda Odyssey fuel pump, which is 353 from the chain stores? And only 216 from Rock Auto. So there you go. That basically summates everything pretty well for you guys. Rock Auto prices are reliable though for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortal, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com, guys, right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com yeah it's very much like and you you bring up a good point where the human factor and i know that the baseball nerd boys out there and gals love to just bring it be like no actually if you look at it's like bro like actually yes i do believe things like momentum are real sorry (laughs) like i'm sorry for (laughs) believing that i guess and i think that yeah you we could relitigate the whole world series thing but i think with snell it reminds me i have a fear in my head that's recently struck me where I don't know if you remember when Sonny Gray went to the Yankees got traded from where I'm like okay so he was a good player has another year left on his contract they decide to go for him and he's fine that first year then he becomes unplayable to the point where like the Yankee it was bad I'm talking like I think he had like a six ERA and then he goes to Cincinnati and is fine. Actually, like a really high quality starter over there in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. So I've had this fear where I'm like, is this guy a Sonny Gray type? And I don't want to get into like the the semantics of like, 
oh, his his mental state, because I just think we're not psychologists and we have to be careful with that. But sure, you can see he's clearly like frustrated that he's not doing well. You know, what I mean, he yeah. has these moments where it, it, it's just I don't know what it is. I, I don't know exactly what it is. I thought at first it was just simple location issues. But then you mm-hmm. look at some of that stuff and it's like he has those games where it's the ball gets in there. And then he has games where it, just the sliders and the cutters and everything just go into the dirt. Like he's trying to literally throw it into the ground. It just looks rough. And I'm one, I'm wondering, you know what I mean? Because the other part of this is like he had kind of a public, not meltdown, but a disagreement with being taken out of that World Series game. So part of me is like, maybe he was thrilled to come to the Padres because they were like, hey, we're not going to put a leash on you. Just just go out there. So it's it's this whole it's I just think that there's this part of me that still holds on to the belief that I've accepted that Snell isn't a Cy Young guy. I've even accepted okay. that he might not be a number two guy, but I'm having trouble accepting that he's this bad. Maybe this is just the, the ultimate year from hell for him. We'll have to say. I honestly do think that your comp here with Sonny Gray is valid. Incredibly. Uh, Thank you. Again, like you said, <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're not psychologists. So we can't get into too much of, of that talk. But just I mean, you don't have to be a psychologist to you know read body language. That's why we're human beings. Right. We, we've we've seen body language enough to know when somebody is happy, when somebody's distressed, when somebody mm. is angry. You can see negative feelings on the body language of of Blake Snell. And I think it was in April or May, it was rather early where I think he was taken out in the second or third inning. Um, And, and I think it was the same. I think it was against the Pirates. Didn't make it a single inning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he just like, you know, was yelling in the dugout and everything. Like, I don't remember seeing Blake like that Mm -hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's happening. And of, of course, look, man, he, he signed a five year, 50 million uh, deal with the race, obviously now being paid by, by, by the Padres. He's a Cy Young winner. Uh, he, he has swagger. He knows he's good and he's not performing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a competitor at that high level and you're not performing when you think that you're all that. It must eat at you. So, of yeah. course, we can we, we can say, hey, you know, something's going on. But I, I do believe, like you said, this is not who Blake Snell really is. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a, there's too long of a track record to know, OK, sure. The Cy Young might have been his peak because everybody has their peak, even mm-hmm. Hall of Famers. But it, this isn't his median. Mm-hmm. It, it really isn't. It's his low. And unfortunately, it came at a time where he's needed because Paddock, I believe, is on the IL. Yeah, Lamette yeah. has been on the IL basically almost yeah. all the all season. So, <laughs> in a time where the Padres really needed somebody to push innings, here's Blake Snell not giving mm-hmm. you five sometimes. Yeah, it it, it it heightened, and I wrote about this recently. Everybody, go check out Just Baseball um, about how like Blake Snell was kind of the is the reason alone. I've been saying this on the podcast before that there is such a a hysteria over getting an arm if he was just i mean this is i'm just saying like just very simplistic stuff this isn't the surface level stat but like if he was a 3-9 era guy you know what i mean yeah. there wouldn't have been the same freak out but he's a 5.5 guy which is just really bad and there's been you talk about larry rothschild you know you look at it and it's like all right blake snell comes in he he's been falling apart and he's not you know messing uh fixing it up or whatever and then you look at chris paddock who has a great rookie season uh the most unhittable changeup probably in the national league. And then after that, 
the lowest slugging team in the playoffs is just absolutely crushing him in the, in the St. Yeah. Louis Cardinals. So there is some blame. I think I don't like doing the coach scapegoat thing for the record, by the way. I, I hate yeah, it either. Um, in baseball, the team isn't hitting. Bit, oh, the hitting coach. It's got to be the coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I hate no, I haven't end. seen the hitting coach at the box go over 50. Mm-hmm. I've never Football, seen Football, basketball. Okay. It's the same sure. thing. I'm like, at some level, guys, it's not the Chargers fault that they turned over or the it's not Anthony Lid's fault that the Chargers turned over the ball four times. You yeah. know what I mean? Like exactly. at some level, at some level, I think it's, it's scapegoating a, a decent amount of time, but yeah, man, it's, it's rough. I'm hoping that he can pick it up. I think that there's still a uh, hope. Maybe he has a playoff moment. I'm not entirely sure, but as of right now, I mean, how's Luis Patino looking? I, I, I haven't had the heart to literally look him up because I like yeah. the guy and I don't want to yeah. see his numbers because I know they're probably either good or there's signs that they're going to get a lot better. So I'm really scared. So go ahead and, and gloat a little bit on how Luis Petito has been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, he hasn't been with the team as much um, mm-hmm. as we would have liked to have seen mm-hmm. him. Uh, he started the season in AAA. He, uh, he did fantastic there. Then he got a few starts. Well, not a few starts, a bulk starts, which come after the opener. And then he started the second and third inning. Um, and the, the best thing about it though, is that when he came up, uh, we all were expecting this electrical, you know, this, this guy who's all amped up <laughs> and boy, he does have that. He does yeah. have this swagger on the mound and you really enjoy that. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the attitude that Chris Archer used to have when, when mm. he was a rookie, just jumping yeah, all over fun. the mound. He was, fun, yeah, it man. was awesome. Um, <laughs> but, but going in, into his last two starts, if we can mm. really just uh, hammer that the last start that he had was against the Mariners and he battled. He didn't really have his stuff and he went strong five innings, three runs allowed. I'll take that anytime from a 22 year old, but Mm -hmm. the best start of his career was the start prior to that, which was last week. Mm -hmm. The, the Yankees had won the first two games of the series and Mm -hmm. the last game. That's when I saw his name a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on the East coast. I saw some people tweeting about it. (laughs) Six innings, no runs allowed. Eight punchies against the Yankees, uh, two, only two walks. He was strutting uh, off the mound. He was mm-hmm. staring at the Yankees mm-hmm. hitters. I mean, he looked really, really good. Uh, so that's his highest. That's his peak. I love that after that, he didn't have his stuff, and he still held on for five innings and, and three runs allowed. So I, I feel like it's going to be a learning curve w- with Patino, but he's getting his shot. Why? Because Rich Hill was shipped off to the Mets. Which means that an, a spot was open for the rotation, and Eric Neander, uh, the race GM, said, "You know what? Uh, that was a move to for Rich not only to be in a competitor because we like Rich and we have and we hope that he has that opportunity to go to the playoffs and deep to, to the playoffs, and maybe that happens with the Mets, but also because Luis Patino has nothing else to show in AAA. He, it's time. He needs to take his lumps in in MLB." Enough is enough. And and so they needed to bring him up. And he's done, I think, a, a tremendous job so far. And cut, everybody. That about does it for part one of my discussion with Ulysses Sombrano of Lockdown Rays. Be sure to go follow him on Twitter. Get his followers up and the Lockdown Rays podcast on Twitter. Those guys are way – him and Kevin Weiss are way too kind that it annoys me. You know that, ladies and gentlemen? They're so, so good at what they do. Love those guys, even if I do talk a little bit of crap about the Rays every now and then. Uh, but before we wrap things up today, guys, I want to talk to you 
about a very good podcast, and it is the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on the Padres, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. Betting on any baseball game, to be honest with you, it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's luck of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast for all my gambling degenerate homies out there. Check that out for sure. It's a really good podcast. Uh, and in terms of the future of this one, uh, tomorrow going to be doing part two of my chat with um, Ulysses, uh, talking about a little bit more about the Rays trade kind of organization and all that stuff. Uh, so that, that's a, it's a really good chat, too. I highly recommend you guys tuning in for that one. And we'll be recapping uh, tonight's game against the Marlins. Hopefully the Padres can keep up the, the good mojo. I guess. And also, I just want to throw it out there. There's this is look up Anamanaguchi, uh, Scott Pilger versus the world, the game, the song, another winter, just a banger. I've been listening to it a lot lately. That and industry baby baby from Lil Nas X can't get those songs out of my head. I don't know what it is. They're just so good. I've been listening to those a lot lately, basically exclusively, uh, more or less, but yeah, just check those out guys. Um, but anyway, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from stitchers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I'd greatly appreciate that. And if you send a question in the review section, in the little review column, if you write it in there, it is guaranteed to be answered here on the show. Follow myself or the show on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.